The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to the crowds, This is how the kingdom of God is if a man were to scatter seed on the land and would sleep and rise night and day. And through it all, the seed would sprout and grow, and he knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wheels the sickle at once, for the harvest has come. And he said, To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable can we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, that when it is sown in the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on earth. But once it is sown, it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches, so that the birds of the sky can dwell in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to understand it. Without parables, he did not speak to them, but to his own disciples, he explained everything in private. The Gospel of the Lord. Today our Lord teaches the disciples and he teaches us as his disciples about the kingdom of God. And when we think about the kingdom of God, we think about the fact that at the start of Jesus' public ministry, his first message to people was, the kingdom of God is at hand. Some gospels, it's the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So he says that the kingdom is already present. But when we think about the kingdom of God, we think about heaven as well. And for many of us, heaven is someplace where we're not at yet. So when we want to understand the kingdom of God, and through the parable study that our Lord uh, presents about the kingdom of God, he's trying to help us understand that the kingdom of God is a place, but it's also a process. It's a dynamic process that takes place. It takes place from here to eternity. And we see that in the first couple of readings today, in addition to the parables, which also touch on these two parables. In the first reading today, we see uh, them the prophecy of this tender shoot at the top of this tall, majestic cedar tree that would be taken and planted on a high spot, and then it would grow. Not only would it grow to be a big tree, but a big enough tree that all the species of birds, that's the way it describes it, are able to find shelter in its branches. Now, one of the properties of cedar wood, particularly the cedar wood in uh, Lebanon, which is probably what the prophet is referring to, is cedar wood resists insects. So if you understand that insects is a sort of corruption, well, it's preserved from that corruption and provides that shelter to all people. This is in contrast to when the Lord talks about the kingdom as being like a mustard seed today. A mustard seed is very tiny, and it's amazing how big it grows to be. 
the, the species that he was talking about probably that was in his land, I mean, it is, it's a very, very tiny seed. I don't know if any of you have ever had mustard where you like grind up the mustard seeds to make it the, the rough ground one, but you see that the, the seeds that remain are very tiny and it does grow up to the size of an entire tree. And that's a reminder that in the future, the kingdom of God will grow to a point that goes beyond all of our expectations when we look at that kingdom here down below. The church in Lumen Gentium, the dogmatic constitution on the church from Vatican II, talks about the fact that the church is the seed and beginning of the kingdom of God on earth. That Jesus brings it in his person, in his words, in his actions. So when our Lord says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's because he's bringing it. And through our repentance and our faith, we are able to enter into that kingdom. Because in a certain sense, we're letting ourselves being be conquered again by Christ the King on the level of love. When we contemplated the Sacred Heart last Friday, we contemplated that love that God had for us, that he chose to come down and become flesh and suffer and die for us, so that in love we could return to him. Because when we talk about in this world down below, the things that are not under the dominion of the kingdom of God, we're talking above all about the fact that there's a part of creation that kind of rebelled when man rebelled, against God. And so they reject or they rebel against the dominion of God, which he's entitled to as our creator. But this is a very much deeper level of dominion that he invites us to do through repentance and faith in the gospel, because he invites us to freely surrender our love to the love that he's given us. And in that way, we become part of the kingdom as well. And we don't only become part of the kingdom, but we start becoming that force for good, that force for holiness and change that helps the kingdom spread as well. Because many authors have tried to understand what the relationship is between the church and the kingdom of God, and it's not an exact match. But that's why you have to understand the kingdom of God as a process. Because in the end, in heaven, in eternity, at the end of history, everybody who has been saved by our Lord, whether they're in a historical moment, whether they could pass through Christianity or not, who believed in God sincerely, tried to do the right thing as their conscience understood them, but above all in the moment of the church where we believed in the gospel and we tried to live the gospel, those people in a certain sense will be the church because they will all be surrounded around our Lord before God. And that's the future moment of the kingdom of God in a certain sense that our Lord is describing when he talks about the tree. And the first uh, reading is talking about today as well. He's talking about the church in the sense that it started with a few disciples who received that message and let themselves be conquered by Christ's love, and it started to grow to the point where we are today. But he's also talking about that future moment, and I want you to imagine this. Imagine the church with all of its extension today, in this moment of history, all the places in the world it is, all the people right now who have been touched by it. We won't even talk about the past people or the potential future people. And that's pretty big. But imagine in eternity, when we're all gathered before Christ, uh, around Christ before the Father at the end of history, every generation of the church, every person, everywhere, in every moment of history, who has welcomed the gospel and received the saving grace to stand before the Father, when we are all gathered before the Father in eternity, how enormous that will be. The generations of our own families, not only the generations past, but since we know it's in some future moment, the generations that are going to come. So when he talks about how small the kingdom is now, he not only talks about the fact that it starts quietly in the heart of each believer and grows into something beautiful, not only in them and in the church, 
but it also grows into something incredible in eternity. And we're all on that path and in that process. If we continue to follow Christ and to work with him and let that grace work in our souls. So when we see the kingdom as something very small now, well, we're not discouraged by that. Because like any seed, we know that it's going to grow into something incredible. The second parable that our Lord talks about the fact, and the first parable that he mentions as well, is where a scattered seed on the landing would sleep and rise night and day, and it grows, etc. And he knows not now until the time is ripe for the harvest. It's not that the farmer goes out every five minutes and opens, digs up the dirt again and sees, and has to like push it or something to keep it going. He's acknowledging the fact that there is a process that's way beyond him, where the kingdom is growing, where that plant is growing. The kingdom of God is like that as well. Some people thought, okay, kingdom of God, church, they're simply the same thing. But no, the kingdom of God is the whole saving work that our Lord does. Even that work of going out to those souls out there who maybe don't know anything about the gospel, maybe they aren't even Christian yet, but through the Holy Spirit, the Lord is working in their hearts to get them to discover the gospel, to get them to realize that the church exists as the way for them to gather that into that gathering that eventually will be a gathering in heaven. So the kingdom of God is out there. Our Lord, through the Holy Spirit, is out there trying to conquer hearts in many ways that we don't perceive. And we need to try and second that and help that the best way that we can. It refers to the fact that God is working on our hearts. We don't, we don't follow that path simply on our own activity and our own merits. It's acknowledging the fact that grace is at work in us as well, and we can't take any credit for that grace. Because our Lord freely chose to come down and give us away faith and baptism, to give us away to receive grace again after our first parents lost it during the fall. So it is a spiritual process that takes place, and many times we don't believe it. And in faith, we continue to move forward, not only with that desire to try and live that holiness and live the kingdoms that starts to grow in us and among us down here below, but with our eyes set on eternity. And that brings us to Paul's reading today. In the second reading, he talks about the fact is he talks about heaven and our own mortal bodies down here below, almost kind of houses. He talks about the fact being home in our bodies, but then we want to go and be home with the Lord, right? He's referring to the fact that we are here down below, and our Lord has these expectations for us down below, but that we should never lose sight of where we're headed, that we want to go and be with the Lord. When he says that expression in the second reading, we walk by faith and not by sight, in part he's referring to the fact that down here below, we continue along this path that we feel that he's traced out for us out of faith because we don't see the results. We don't see everything that the kingdom of God will be, either in our hearts or at the end of history and at the end of creation. But we continue to move forward. And by sight will be that moment when we get there And we see our Lord face to face when our faith and our hope and our love are confirmed after we have walked that path of faith that transforms us and that shapes our attitude on things. And the more we let ourselves be shaped by that faith and that hope and that charity, we reflect the kingdom. Because when we talk about that hidden power in the parable today, we also acknowledge the fact that many times a coherent Christian or Catholic Other people see them, and they don't know what's going on, but they say, I don't know what's going on with this person, but this person really has it together. You know, this person is kinder. Where does this person get the strength when that horrible thing happened to them? How could this person forgive that person for what they did? 
How could this person you know, do all these wonderful things for charity or things like that? Look at the way that person prays. And it gets them to thinking. And that helps the Holy Spirit to keep working in those hearts and start wondering about what is it that this person has that I don't? I want some of that. So the more we strive to really welcome that holiness into our hearts and let that kingdom of God grow into our hearts by following Christ and imitating him, the more we too, in a certain sense, transmit and extend the kingdom. So as we continue the celebration of the Eucharist, let's thank our Lord for giving us that opportunity to enter into his kingdom. In the first letter to the Corinthians, Paul says that at the end of time, Christ will take the kingdom that he has conquered at the behest of the Father, and he will give it back to the Father, and then God will be all in all. And that takes us back to that image of the immense cedar or the immense mustard tree. Let's thank our Lord for giving us something to strive for in faith, in hope, in love that is really worth everything in this life we could possibly invest in it. And let's also ask him as well to continue to give us the grace to have that coherence in the way we live our Christian and Catholic faith so that others see the power of the kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom of Christ working in the church as well, and that helps our Lord's conquest of hearts out in the world. With all our difficulties and needs, we come before the Father full of confidence. For Pope Francis, Bishop Louise, our pastor Father Peter, and for all the priests and deacons who are ministers of the Eucharist, that they may be signs of God's loving presence in our lives, we pray to the Lord. Lord for governments and all people to work for justice, to have the strength and courage to speak the truth and to find ways to bring healing and peace to our world, we pray to the Lord. That we may never turn a deaf ear to those in need who ask for our help, we pray to the Lord. For an increase of vocations to men and women to serve him and his church as priests, deacons, and a consecrated life, we pray to the Lord. For the sick, the lonely, the abused, the addicted, may they find hope and peace in the healing presence of Christ, we pray to the Lord. We pray for all who have helped to strengthen our faith, for our parents, teachers, and those who give witness to God working in their lives, we pray to the Lord. For many intentions we hold in our hearts, for the needs of our families and friends, for many people of the world who suffer in so many ways, we pray to the Lord. For those who have died, and the ones who grieve for them, that God may console them and bring them peace, we pray to the Lord. And for Larry Bass, for whom this Mass is being offered, and all the faithful departed, eternal rest grant unto them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. In the mercy of God, rest in peace. Most merciful Father, it is good to proclaim your kindness and faithfulness. Keep us always faithful. May we always aspire to please you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us now join our prayers to those of the Blessed Mother as we say the Hail Mary. Hail Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou, women. 
pray for us sinners. 